Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, where incarnate memories prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Imp Nation, we're back. Yeah, little hiatus there for the holidays, but we are back. I've got with me today, Nick Jones. Hello. Delayed this a week because of uh, bad weather, but um, like all good things in life, it's worth the wait. Nick, how you doing? What's going on? I am doing well. I'm so glad that we've gotten a chance to uh, speak today. Last week, we were kind of bummed, but as I told you in my email, sometimes things are ha happen the way they're supposed to. So I'm glad to be here today. Well, and I know your schedule is packed. There's no one who packs their schedule more than you. So I'm psyched to just get an hour with you today. So let's start and jump right in. What's going on? Like, what have you been doing lately? What have I been doing lately? What have I not been doing lately? Um, so since I left college, I became an executive coach. Prior to that, I worked in healthcare. Um, in the biotechnology area for about 16, 17 years. That was something that I did for a long time. But I think many people don't realize that I actually graduated from UVA with a degree in music. I had originally started out as a pre-med major, diehard, graduated high school. People gave me, uh, one of the doctors in the area gave me a stethoscope. I just knew I was going to be a pediatrician. And uh, I kind of like a little bit of a breakdown my second year of just feeling the weight of, I've got to be this person that everybody wants me to be. And then it turned into this idea of no one actually ever said that they wanted me to be a doctor except for myself. So I put a lot of pressure on myself um, to be that, but I was always a musician from, you know, age two, like I was always singing. Uh, I played the viola for many years. I played the piano and then in the summer, that second year after the summer, after my second year, I kind of went home and cried with my parents and was overwhelmed. And they looked at me like, who, who said that you couldn't do music? So I finished out UVA with a degree in music. When you were at UVA, were you in one of the singing groups? Like, like, uh, I know uh, we had Justin Rosalino on, he was yes, a Virginia gentleman. Yes, yes. I was in the silhouettes. Okay. For so four years. Back, what, yeah. what was your favorite song that you sang when you were in the silhouettes? Oh boy. We did a song by Annie Lennox called stay by me. I think it was called. Give me a couple bars of that. I don't stay know. by me and make these moments last. Something like that. That is awesome. I'm telling you, when we go back for the imp reunion and we do like uh, <laughs> like one o'clock in the morning karaoke at whatever the bar du jour is, you are on my karaoke team. <laughs> I'm, I'm Please don't be doing like Funky Cole Medina. Like yeah, people yeah, yeah. pull me up on the stage and be like, hey, we're going to do like Funky Cole Medina. I'm like, what? Well, my only skill in the music area is probably beatboxing. So like 
like what could you do for like if I gave you like a what would you have anything for me there or that that's just like my husband's my husband's a rap artist he's a hip-hop artist I'm not so I I would be like um so we walked down that I'm horrible like I just can't think quick and on my quick enough on my feet to like give a rhyme all right. Well, well, now you heard my mad skills in the beat. So I got to get ready for that. Yeah, yeah just, we'll just we'll be prepared for it. We'll I'll call Justin. For. Justin. Okay. Justin yeah. and I performed a couple of times uh, when we were in school. Oh, did you so, really? Yes. Yes. So I used to love hanging out with him and doing oh, some music. That's yeah. so cool. Well, yeah. you know, it's like you guys are going to have like a sidebar conversation. Like <laughs> he wants to be on our team, but he's not at all helpful. How do we politely tell him that he's we'll give him a We'll give him a sidestep. You know, we'll just have you just like you know, Stefan and Clapton. Well, well, yeah, we can find it. We can find a little groove for you. Awesome. I'll do it. I'm in. So, <laughs> so now was this, take me back to high school. Was this something you were doing in high school? What was your high school like life? And then tell me like, how did all this lead to UVA? Yeah. I mean, high school, um, wow. High school's interesting. I feel like I've always been a person of mystery. Um, I don't think people ever knew kind of who I was or, or what I was up to. And I, and I say that in a way just because I, I wasn't um, in a group, like I knew all the groups, like, you know, if you had the athletes, even though I was an athlete, but I wasn't really in a athlete group. I was the student council president my senior year in, in high school. And I didn't really feel like I was a, a government person either. Um, because I sang, I was in a few shows uh, at school, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't musicals. Um, we had a crazy drama teacher who wanted to do Romeo and Juliet and he wanted it to be a black and white family. And he came down and said, Hey, I want to do something, you know, something kind of just unique. He was very charismatic. He was so much fun. And I was like, okay, what, what are you thinking? And I wasn't a drama group, right? I, I, I did one show and sang like pennies from heaven or something, and he came down in my student moment when I was doing my president, we had like a, we had like an hour um, each day where we could all meet together in our SGA group. And so I had like a, an hour as presidents and we'd sit around and figure out what we were doing for the school. And he came down during that period for me and was like, Hey, you know, what were your, what are your thoughts about being Juliet and Romeo and Juliet? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm all set, but I did it. It was crazy. Imagine being in, you know, I grew up in Stafford right outside of Quantico, Virginia, and it was, it was a little tricky. It was a little tricky having the the black and white family that wasn't traditional. I had to kiss a white guy on stage. I mean, this was like, whoa, craziness. Oh my God. Scandal. Scandal. I had to kiss in front of my parents. I mean, it was like, what? (laughs) How did that go? Was that all right for you or traumatic? Um, (laughs) It was, it was, it was tough. I would say, uh, rehearsals were tough. We had kids so much that we kept getting each other sick. Um, so it was a period of time where they had to ban us from kissing and rehearsals so that we wouldn't keep getting each other sick. And then we had a, a group of kids that came in that were doing Romeo and Juliet at their school. I forgot what state they were from. And we had to go around to each, uh, English class and present some of the acts in, in these classes. And I had to kiss a random stranger in a couple classes. It was all kind of weird. I went with it. Um, I love kissing. So, you know, just keep it moving with that. And, so the, uh, the question that everyone wants to know, and I'm yeah. like, no one would ask this, but you know, I've, I've got guts. I'm going to ask it with the kisses. Did anything like ever any sparks fly between you and the guy? 
I will say, um, you know, this was a guy that every woman wanted. He, he was kind of, he was like quirky. He was a drama guy. He was in every show and all the girls were like, oh, Seth is so cute. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, um, but what, the first time I had to kiss him, I was like, oh my gosh, that was a little weird. <laughs> I was a little like, maybe I got a little like warm. I don't know. It's almost um, like, wait a second, you're, it's almost, I know you're not getting paid in high school, but it's almost like you're paying me to kiss this guy. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of funny because all the other ladies were just like, I'm so jealous. And then people would be like, what was it like kissing Seth? And uh, I was like, I, you know, I kissed him, you know, I, I kissed him. Now, what was really great is that I actually enjoyed kissing Seth. I didn't enjoy kissing the stranger. Like the guy that I hadn't, I didn't know. I didn't even know his name. And he decides to pick that scene in one of our classes. And I just went with it. And I was like, mm, that was kind of not cool. You so know, that you're, was- you're lucky that there weren't some of the imps that I know, because they would have been like, yeah, Nick, um, can we like get together and practice a little bit more? I feel like our timing is off with that. Like, no one, no the horn dogs in this group. Gosh, I can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, there was. I will tell you this. There was one time where uh, the drama teacher made us really have to get into the role, and it was a snow day. Uh, but he made us come and rehearse, and there was a part where it's a monologue where I'm supposed to just be talking to Romeo. I'm so sad that he's he's away from me and, and I'm hoping he can hear me. And so I wasn't getting into the role. And so my drama teacher made Seth basically hold on to me from behind, like hug me on from behind. And I had to pretend like that he was with me. Right. So anywhere that I moved, he had to walk with me. And, and I will say that was probably one of the most uncomfortable feelings where I was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, Oh, He's like touching me and I, from behind. This is that was the, you didn't know that was the beginning of the movement. You started right? it back in the nineties. <laughs> like it just took the rest of us a little bit of time to catch up to say, hmm, I wonder if this is inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, let's just go with it. <laughs> I mean, it was a little like I was a little taken aback by that because I was um, you know, I grew up grew up in a pretty conservative household, very religious you know, no sex before marriage. You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't, it was like nothing in our household. And my dad was an FBI agent. So I didn't want to do anything that could potentially get him in trouble. So if we had to look at someone being a, an angel, I would say I was like an angel. Like I did not go against any, any rule, any, I didn't speak to do anything in high school. I really was like, the perfect angel. And then college came and it was like, whoops, but yeah. I love perfect it. So I, we won't tell your husband this. So this is just between <laughs> you and the imp audience. Yeah. Do you Facebook stalk Seth now and kind of have visions of the past with him is like, well, you know, on? it's funny because we're friends on Facebook and someone had, I think someone had posted a picture of him as Romeo, I think on uh, Facebook, or he maybe had said something around Valentine's day to his wife or something. It was, it was funny. And I think a lot of people were, uh, posting and going back and forth with him. And I was like, you'll always be my Romeo. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he just started laughing and, you know, cause most people didn't know that inside joke because these are his, you know, friends after high school. And, and he actually lives, um, I believe he still lives in Vermont, which I thought was kind of crazy. 
Um, but yeah, he lives in Vermont. I'll get off the Seth conversation because we could be laughing about this for too long. And I know you were probably uh, seriously depressed when you saw him actually mention his wife, knowing that that could have been you. Oh, so, so, so depressed. So I don't want to bring you down any more than I already have. So why don't we just kind of move on? So, okay. So tell me then what bridge the gap between high school and how did you find UVA? So my brother actually graduated from UVA. We're seven and a half years uh, apart. And I went down to UVA when I was... 10, I think 10 or 11 for a weekend with my brother, um, and his friends. Can you believe my parents let me go down and hang out with my I mean, you're brother? so full of crap because you just told me your parents are conservative yet. They just let, <laughs> let you into like the, it's, what's it? The Fox in the hen house, or maybe it was the opposite, the hen into the Fox house, right? <sighs> so you go down there. And so you continued not like hooking up and not drinking because that's just how you rolled. So in case your parents are listening, trust us, there's nothing that went on during that trip that was out of line with what I was 10. Oh, oh okay. 10. Yes, I was 10 or 11. That's wow, what I'm saying. You started drinking early. God. Oh, you know, I was down in them. Um, but, you know, it was it was fun. I mean, he is like my best friend uh, still today. Uh, we're super close. But he brought me down. You know, they trusted. He was like my, he was like my second dad, you know, growing up. And so he brought me down. Um, he was living with his best friend. They were, I'm, I mean, I'm like his best friend's sister. I mean, you know, he's like another sister to him. And they brought me down. We had a really good time. I met a lot of his friends. You know, they cooked for me. I mean, it was just like, it was like a fun weekend. And, you know, and I'd already been down to UVA and walking around grounds and that kind of thing, but um, kind of just seeing him there and him walking me around and showing me some stuff, uh, some of the stores and things. I was like, that's kind of a cool place. Wow. Like, you know, 10, who knows Like, you're going to brainwashing kudos to your brother for making Nick part of our tribe. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, I was a big Hoyas fan growing up and who didn't like a let's go Hoyas. Like, I mean, I loved watching Georgetown basketball as a kid. Um, but in order to go to Georgetown, you have to apply. And I, you know, it was, didn't apply. So, um, I only applied to, to four schools. I only got into two schools. Um, I had very low SAT scores and, uh, that was my struggle. Great student, um, hard worker, uh, could study until I couldn't study anymore, but standardized testing was not my friend. And so that's where I struggled. And, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get accepted to school. I feel like I'm amazing over here. And then we have standardized tests for people like me. So I, I was able to go to UVA by going to a summer prep program and working really hard in the summer and proving that I could go to UVA. That's so. awesome. And now they have test optional. So who knew, right? Who knew where the world was going to go? Yeah, very. it was very, very stressful. Um, and in that time that I was there for a summer prep, there was a gentleman who uh, had just got transferred to the Marine uh, Navy Option Cadet School, or actually just ROTC at UVA. Um, who was like, Hey, we should grab lunch. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I grabbed lunch with him and he was like, Hey, have you ever thought about going into ROTC? And I'm like, no, nah. he's like, no, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of not a military person. I know I grew up near Quantico, but I think I'm all set with that, especially all set with like, you know, Marines. And I just, that's not my thing. But then of course it becomes my thing because I'm one that loves to take a challenge. So I decide that summer to sign up for Air Force ROTC. And so I signed up for Air Force ROTC my first year at UVA. 
what did I tell you? The most complete person ever to be on this show. <laughs> like she's a musician. She, she, she's ready to go to war and have guns. She's 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 a she's a star in a play and making out with everyone on the cast. I mean, like you, you got a you got a well-rounded life going on there, kid. Holy cow! And I was an athlete. I just you know didn't play in in school. Softball was my main sport. Uh, basketball was my second. My dad almost played pro baseball, so baseball and softball are big in my family. Unfortunately, I stopped both sports my sophomore year in high school because the coach was uh, not the coolest and I just could not deal with that. So I stopped. Um, but what was funny when I work, walked on, you know, grounds, maybe like the first couple of weeks or actually when the athletes come down, cause I was there for summer prep. So when athletes start coming in and getting acquainted with their teams and all that kind of stuff, um, I ran into a woman, her name, she played basketball for UVA, Charlita Beal. Oh, um, I know her. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I walked on uh, grounds and I was like, Charlita? She was like, Jones? Because <laughs> we played basketball against each other in high school. She's like, girl, I didn't know you were playing basketball down here. I was like, Charlita, do I look like I'm going to be playing basketball for her UVA? <laughs> I'm like five, seven girl. I'm not playing basketball. And plus I stopped my sophomore year, you know, in high school. Um, and so she was just like, yeah, girl, like I hadn't seen you in so long, but I still remember you. And I was like, yeah, what's going on? So it was so fun walking around thinking, I don't know anyone here except maybe a few people that graduated with me and some people that I met in summer prep, but her seeing her was like, wow, I had no idea she was going to be playing basketball for school. And when she was like, Jones, it's like Charlita. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, those were my sports. And no, I was one of the fabulous imp. Uh, people that did not play sports. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny we had on uh, my uh, love, Megan O'Leary, right? So she's, and it's so funny just to show you how good the athletes are at UVA. She played softball and also volleyball, but wow. she went into the Olympics for rowing, right? So like, it's, it's like people like her, Charlita, they were, they're just like different planets these people they're like whole other level i took a like, charge from charlita that i didn't know if i'd be able to get up and breathe after but i took the charge yeah and she never forgot that she was like girl you took that charge no one would ever take that charge from me and you took it like a champ yeah like and, and i got that call <laughs> and she's not afraid to give it either right oh but yeah she's not afraid to plow right into you so okay so you got to grounds first year and how was that transition was it a good first year for you tough like? tough i struggled I struggled. I grew up in a predominantly white area. Uh, I went from predominantly white area to predominantly white school. Um, and most of my summer prep had a lot of people that looked like me and it was awesome. I was excited. I had people that looked like me, potentially grew up like me. It was awesome. And then once you kind of get to school, you start realizing there are pockets of things of, okay, so white people hang out here, black people hang out here, this group hangs out here. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where I fit in. I struggled. Like when I say struggle, I struggled. Um, because the people that I met in summer prep didn't see me at some of the things that most of them were going to. And they're just like, yo, what's up with her? Like, how come she doesn't come to these events? And so I really, really struggled. I was, after I wasn't sure what I was going to do, you, you know, at UVA in terms of my, my major, um, I was like, Hey, let's just do rhetoric communications. That's what a lot of people do at UVA. It's going to take rhetoric communications. And I had professor Prosser who anybody that's listening that did rhetoric and communications 
knows Professor Prosser, crazy tall guy with crazy white hair that had lived in Africa and spoken Swahili and all this kind of stuff and was all about multicultural uh, diversity. That was like big in the early 90s. And I remember being in his class and we had to write a paper about being around other cultures. And I was like, I, I haven't traveled anywhere. I've only been in the US. Uh, I live in an area of people that don't look like me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what kind of paper I can write. And my paper ended up being called um, Caught Between a White and Black Stereotype of America. And it was the best paper of the class. I'm not one that likes to be boastful, but it was. That was probably a turning point for me to be like, you know what? Just be yourself. That's all yeah. you can do. And that and that's a that I I never took that class, but I know demanding class, right? Yes. You know, even like the Greek life, I had both worlds. I went to white fraternities, Jewish fraternities, and then I would go to the black fraternity. It was just, it was a, it was very, very tough because people just needed to understand like, what's your deal? And I was like, I'm just Nicole. Like, why do I have to say that I don't like these people or these people? See, that's, that's how it was for me in high school, right? I wasn't the dancer. I didn't hang out with the, the cheerleading group. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I just, when we went back for our, for our reunions, people were like, how do you know those people? I'm like, cause I talked to them. Right. Yeah. But they're like, they were in like the drama club and all wore black. Yeah. And it's kind of, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Um, because that's kind of what the imps were. We were this like eclectic group of um, what's the saying, which of these is not like the others. And we're a whole group of those yeah. people. Yeah. I think that was the coolness of it. Very but, random. Yeah. So random. That's a, <laughs> that's a perfect word. Random, perfect world. So, okay. Yeah. So your first year, this is going on really. And weird. I didn't have the first year experience because my first year going, going to UVA was the first year that too many people accepted to go to the university. So I was the first group in 1992 to go to stay in um, Gooch and uh, what is the one with a D? Dillard. 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 Yes. But I stayed in Gooch. So that was the first year that they had Gooch and Dillard first years. And then also they ended up building that new place behind there. Can't remember what that place was uh, of new dorms. And that became an area too, where they started my second year putting more first years over there as well. But I didn't have the first year experience. I couldn't even name the first year dorms. Maybe I remember, was it Lambeth, yep. Lambert? Something, I, you know, I don't, I don't remember when people would be like, oh, meet me at my dorm. Where's your dorm? Ah, uh, where is that? Like, I don't know. Right. And it was before was, there was an app for that, right? It wouldn't right. be like, oh, you pull out right. your iPhone. Oh, it's over here. No. I'd be like, oh, I'm at Gooch. And people are like, no, you're not at Gooch. You're first year. I'm like, mm, uh, no, I live at Gooch. Like every, you know, second, third, fourth year, it'd be like, there's no way that you live in Gooch. You're just saying that. I'm like, no, my class had too many. And by the way, a woman coming from, uh, you know, I was what, I think we had like 500 500 people in my graduating class or no, not 500, sorry. Uh, maybe like 800 in my graduating class. And, you know, I'm not valedictorian or salutatorian. And I get to my uh, first year dorm experience where we all had singles. So there were six single rooms and everyone except for me was either a salutatorian or valedictorian. And I was like, what? Isn't that ironic? I was like, how, I was like, how did this work? Oh, I barely got into school. This is gonna, this is awful. But 
only three of us graduated. Wow. And I was one. That's kind of cool when you think about it, right? That's the storyline. That's a great storyline. So what, so when did you decide? Cause I think you majored in music, right? Cause we were yeah, talking about Yeah. So that I earlier. started, I was, I was rhetoric communications. I thought I was going to be uh, a journalist, a sociologist or like a pediatrician, right? I just had these, these ideas. I wanted to be the next Oprah. I wanted to be the next amazing pediatrician. I had done a lot of volunteer work in hospitals and all these kinds of things. So, uh, there was an interesting transition. It was my, it was my summer after my um, second year and I stayed to do Spanish for the summer. I stayed to work at the Biltmore for the summer because I wanted to um, know what it was like to live paycheck by to paycheck by paycheck. Wait a second. I want everyone to just pause. I'm going to have an uncomfortable pause on this Biltmore. Oh, that is awesome. You worked at the Biltmore. That meant you got in without having to pay a cover. You drank for free and you hung out and got paid. Oh my God. That's and like ate my- that Biltmore salad with that nice, like fresh bread, non like pizza dough. Oh my God. And that's, they, they, I, they had a salad that was. <laughs> yes, that was the salad, the Biltmore salad. Oh my God. <laughs> with okay. chopped chicken on top, with that nice warm bread. Mm. Okay. Like now we got to end this interview because I'm starving. But all right. <laughs> uh, okay. So you were, that's all. And you got paid to do that. Amazing. I want to do that. I want to go back and live my life over <laughs> and I want to work at the Biltmore. So, okay. So you thought you were going to be this journalist and then. You were in, in, in math that all like I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I was kind of doing, and I was kind of going down that path and taking some of the science courses and math courses. And I got hung up in the math and was like, yep, this is not going to be for me. This is the struggle. Right. And I just was like, the struggle is too much. It can't be this difficult. This, there's something about this that doesn't feel right. And I'd been singing and playing an instrument my entire life. And I ended up getting in an, uh, in a classical group at UVA as well, uh, magicals group there. And I also, I, you know, I'm not going to sing classical cause it's going to be like, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not it. asking you to sing again. I've got, <laughs> I've got my one clip of you singing and it was awesome. So I'm not going to, uh, I'm not you know, it'll be like me on. singing, like a note, nothing come out. Cause it's in the morning. Yeah, they, when, when I do the follow-up interviews, we're going to have like, a, like a, something cool about it. And I'll have, you have to sing the entire interview with me. Oh, so there like, you go. There you go. I'll, I'll prepare for that. That's the 400th episode. We're not quite there yet. Okay. So then tell me about the imps. How did that happen? What, what happened? Um, you know, it's weird because again, here I am this person that doesn't feel like she fits in anywhere. I don't know anyone. Um, I'm just kind of in my own world and, um, I'm trying to remember because it was my second year, second, some, no, second year, first semester, second semester. Can't remember. Courtney would know. I don't remember. Um, Courtney and I were the only ones that I think at the time had gotten in as a second year. Um, Courtney was this amazing athlete and I was Nicole and I just didn't know who tapped me and how I got in. Um, and I remember, I, I honestly, I can't remember what was going on. I don't even think I was feeling well. And someone called and was like, Hey, um, your friend, something is going on. Like, honestly, I don't remember the story. I remember the things that I did to get people, um, down there and cried. I was an actress with some of my events, but, um, I, I think it was Nicole Woodward. Woodard. Oh my Woodard? God. Yes. Nicole, love her too. 
love her. We have not really connected. I see her on Facebook all the time. Did crush on every imp female that I've ever met. I think Nicole, if you're listening, you are right in there too. Gosh, she She's and Nicole's awesome. my, my Nicole's my like she centers me. So like she every time like she texts and like always at the right time. It's almost like she has a video ca- camera surveillance going on. For me. <laughs> But yeah, love Nicole. Okay, so cool. You were you were just in a great group of peeps. You know, yeah, I mean, she, got, I, I, mean, I think she brought me down again. It's just like I'm trying to remember. That's a blur, which is weird. And I think it's because I had so much stuff going on with not feeling like I belonged or who do I know and and these kinds of things. And I got there and I didn't even know who what they were talking about. I didn't even know what an imp was. I was like the thing that's painted on the stairs. Is that what y'all are talking about? Like I clueless when they were just like so we just need to ask you are you a z and i'm like i don't even know what that is like you're talking to a girl who was just like doing her thing trying to survive trying to fit in and you guys are asking me what these letters are i was like yeah no i don't i don't even know what that is oh that isn't that painted also on some kind of step or building or something like i was clueless and then you walk in and you see all these people and they're like yeah like who are these people i don't know a soul at this table who are these people and what is going on and what is M- what is an imp and what does it stand for like i was just like clueless clueless probably no one else was ever clueless like me but i was completely clueless but completely excited in the same breath clueless but excited to me because of my personality of always being curious and wanting to get to know a person, um, I was excited. And the one person who I loved, loved, loved when I first got in, who was like my bodyguard, I called him, especially when I had to get kind of inducted and, you know, and drink green and all that stuff, um, was Charles Way. Oh my God, that guy's too funny. Do not let me do anything that I'm going to be embarrassed uh, like think about it later. Like, you know, I was like peeing in like the gardens and Hey, 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 can you like make sure you got my back? Don't let me go off with anybody. Like just, you know, he was my comfort during some of my many imp craziness things that I did with my horns and my trident. Um, he was, he was always there for me. Yeah. I have, I have a little post-traumatic stress from, uh, a, a night out where I think he danced in a speedo, and it's like uh, Charles did. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I've had a couple nightmares here and there about it. I'm like seeing a therapist about it. It's it's been really, oh my god, really tough. Like you know, they they went really back into my childhood and the root of a lot of the problems. I think was oh my goodness. And, yeah, so Charles, we'll have to have you on. Uh, yours won't be a Zoom because I can't look at you anymore so yeah so okay off of that that's that's awesome charles is like the best so tell me about now you any memories from those that you could talk about besides i know you don't remember the induction but and like what memories do you have from the imps i mean you know the thing is is again going back to and i hate harping on this of not feeling like i knew where i fit in i really fit in with the imps because my life's mission is to help when and where i can because i can And that just showed up at times that I don't think I expected. And so um, while people are like, oh, you know, the imps drink a lot and that's all they do and blah, blah, blah. We like to have a good party every now and then. Um, 
you know, for me, the whole philanthropy idea behind it uh, was something that really resonated with me. And so any volunteer work that we did, either, uh, you know, most of it was incognito, um, I really enjoyed because that's what I'm about. I'm about helping. I don't need recognition. I just want to do what I can to make sure that someone else can move forward in life and succeed. And so that was um, my greatest memories from that was just really what it stood for. Um, I know that there were a lot of craziness that I participated in and drinking and frolicking and whatever. Never struck. I never did the streaking of the lawn though. Yeah, I never did. Um, I just couldn't get down with that. I don't know. I just, that wasn't my thing, but. It's like you really um, didn't graduate then. It's a, I just, I just cheered others on. Do you feel you know? like we should we, we, like take your diploma back because you didn't? Have yeah. to that. I mean, no, I mean, there were other things that I did. That's just not one of them. Um, but I, you know, the one thing that I will say that I don't share very often either is when I was at UVA, I was a Miss Virginia pageant for Miss America. Wow. And I didn't share that with a lot of people either. Wow. I was kind of a, even though I'm extremely extroverted, I kind of keep my personal life at the best. And so I just don't share a lot of things because I don't know. I don't know if I feel like it's bragging or, or what or how I was raised, you know? And so <clears throat> I don't typically blast that around to everybody. So when I was there, there were a few that knew, uh, some of my silhouettes knew that I performed with, um, but no one really knew. And again, that was a, a challenge and I took it and, I was fourth runner up. I didn't end up doing the pageant again, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, that was another thing that I did when I was there. So now you graduate and I know we're on a like tight time schedule today, so I don't want to miss this. Like, tell us what was the path. And I know, you know, just looking at your LinkedIn profile, it's funny. You can learn a lot about somebody. You had like a path that seemed pretty consistent and then you went a different way to something that's really cool that you're doing today. It all seems cool, but this is like, I don't know, maybe something about coaching is super cool to me. Yeah. So, so can you can you quickly take us through the highlights sure. of that? Sure. sure. Um, so left UVA, went to Boston to go to Berkeley College of Music. So I left UVA, went to Berkeley College of Music, trained in jazz, vocal performance, traveled. I was in Eurovision for the country Cyprus. I performed with an orchestra in Slovenia. I did a lot of fun things, background music for people, just a lot of fun stuff. Um, but then I realized, you know, do I want to not be making money and living and how do I support myself and blah, blah, blah. So, right, this conservative went back to like, we've got to be practical and blah, blah, blah. So I fell into a career of investor relations and corporate communications. I worked in finance. Um, see, the communications came back, um, worked in the finance industry for about seven and a half years. And then I left that, wanted to feel purposeful and went into the healthcare industry, worked in biotechnology in Cambridge, Massachusetts for a very long time. Uh, mother passed away in 2016 unexpectedly of pneumonia, uh, heartbroken. Dad was still living in Virginia, <clears throat> picked up and moved here. Prior to that, I decided I wanted to get certified in coaching. And so went through my certifications and have been coaching ever since I work with senior leaders, really helping them uh, understand their potential and realize their vision. I work with an amazing CEO in Saudi Arabia that um, I have really learned. I, from, I believe every person that we meet is a student and a teacher in the same. So 
that's what I've, that's what I've been doing. And it's 2022 and I'm now going back into corporate for a bit. Um, but it's very interesting. It's still kind of an entrepreneurial kind of vibe. I'm going on the agency side for investor relations and corporate communications, specifically investor relations. Uh, I'm helping a black owned company firm down in Atlanta, uh, potentially we'll partner with this gentleman. We worked in the industry years for many years together, uh, separate companies, but he saw me and I saw him. Not many people that looked like us in the industry at the time that we were moving and shaking. And so he called me again and was like, can you please come and work at the company? And four years later now I've said, yes. Uh, so I'll still be coaching my own personal clients, but also I'm going to try to see if I can fold some of this into what he's doing as well. So that will officially start in the 17th of this month. We're getting like off hot off the press. You didn't know, like I'm, I'm an amazing, like media guy. Like I'm just getting it before it happens. Right. So, so tell me with the coaching, you probably learned a ton from that. As you just said, you probably see a lot of recurring themes. Yeah. Right. Like, can you just talk about, I think people would be interested to hear what are some of the recurring themes of either what's working or not working for the people you were helping? Um, I find, you know, a lot of people don't have goals, right? They, they may have goals at work, but someone's given it to them. And then they just don't think about their own personal life or how to get to the next step in my career. I'm not a career coach, but all this kind of stuff evolves around life, right? And so uh, having goals is a big one. Um, confidence, a lot of people aren't confident, um, at least they don't think they have confidence. And then you start seeing things that kind of show up as you're talking about, okay, I can see how they could be struggling. Cause what happens is, is, you know, we have a lot of type a personalities, drivers, go-getters. We're doing great. We're doing great. And some people think coaching is for someone who's really falling apart. Just like people think you don't go to a financial planner unless you don't have money or you don't go to a therapist until you're like, you know, downright and can't get out of the bed right? These are things that just constantly help you grow and potentially see blind spots. Right. And that's the thing with, with coaching. I mean, it's, it's very much like you're doing well where you are, but sometimes it's awesome to take someone from great or from good to great, from good to better. And, um, that's what I enjoy. And I enjoy having someone come in who knows it all. That's the best. I love the know-it-alls. Because then you start realizing, well, you know what? You really don't know at all. Right. And I have to, my, my tactics or what I'm talking is I'm very direct. The biggest thing about me is I'm one of the kindest people you'll meet, but I'm very direct. And some people will get confused of nice and kind. And I have to sometimes say, Hey, put your hard hat and seatbelt on. Cause I'm coming right for you to tell you what I think. I have no other way to tell you except what I'm about to say. So I will, I will get people prepared, you know, but it's, it's, you know, it's not about making someone feel bad, but it's really just accepting someone for where where they are today. Come as you are today and let's move you in a better place. Right. So I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you've done. I don't care your race, gender. I don't care anything. When you come to a session with me, it's about you. I don't care. If you decide to do it, great. If you don't, I also don't care. It's your journey. I'm there to support you. I'm there to be your accountability partner. 
Um, but at the end of the day, if you're coming to me, the change has to happen. I'm not going to be like, oh, that's okay, Johnny. And you didn't do it. You know what? You're not moving forward because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. And if you're okay with that, then that's okay too. Right. But it's really just letting people realize like, oh, wow, I'm not doing that. I thought I was, but you know, when people get to open up and I'll sometimes say, Hey, if no one could hear what you're about to tell me right now, just you and me, what do you really want to do? That's awesome. People cry. People, I don't, I didn't know. I didn't want to admit it. I, you know, and it's just like, that's okay. Where do we want to go now? Let's get there. Well, you know, I'm a big believer in coaching just because of my athletic background. I feel yeah. like it's always good to have a coach. And probably uh, I read um, a good article a couple of weeks ago that talked about just forming your board of directors, right? Oh. Like in life. And one of the components of that board of directors is the truth teller. You need that person um, in life that you know when you go to talk to them that you're getting the truth. You may not agree. With what they say, but darn it, you're getting the truth from that person. And I think that that's coaching really provides that because it's a safe spot. Yeah. Um, to, to have I hold that dialogues. safe space. Yeah. yeah. I hold that safe space. But it's also, you know, I'm kind of the mirror. I just repeat back to what you said to me, right? In your words. And that's the thing that people are like, I just said that. I'm like, that's exactly what you just said to me. I'm just going to repeat back what you just said. And we don't, we just have this dialogue and we're just running, we're just running, but it's very difficult for people to have an honest dialogue with themselves. That's the problem. We can have whatever dialogue we want. We can change the characters. We can change the story, but until we get honest with ourselves, it's the only way that we're going to make a change to move forward. So now take me through this. Like, so now you're going to this new role. Are you going to be using, it sounds like you might even be using a lot of your coaching stuff for lack yeah. of a better phrase with, the, I, I actually think you'd use it anywhere in yeah. any position, right? My kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your, let's, before we run out of time, what's the, what's going on in family life now, besides your husband and I are going to do an album together, yeah. with beatboxing. Yeah. give me, give me the scoop on what's going on in your household. Yeah. So, um, I married a, a, a gentleman who's originally from Massachusetts who, um, is a math professor. He got his doctorate in higher education and all this other kind of stuff. I don't feel like going into, but, um, at the end of the day, he is a math professor. He also does faculty development and he works in an HBCU. He is a white guy that I married from, like I said, New England, who is all about activism and making sure that everyone feels accepted and it's equitable and all that kind of stuff. So he's doing his thing and he's also a hip hop artist. Um, we have a son named Henry who is eight and a half years old. Henry was named after my grandfather. Um, he is out of control, tall. My husband's six, four, I'm five, seven. Our kid is like almost five feet. He is a black belt in Taekwondo. He and I actually, this is very important, took our black belt test together in June. And so this kid, when I did you do? My mom, how did you do? Did you I'm also a black belt in Taekwondo, my friend? <laughs> I, I mean, do you like Bruce Lee movies? You ever watch Bruce Lee? I wasn't big into Bruce Lee. I like his, I like his uh his quotes and different and different things. I mean, I will tell you who I really did love growing up was, you know. 
Karate Kid. I mean, come on. Oh, man. Um, he yeah, was from where I grew guy. up, Ralph Macchio. Oh, he, yeah, Rosita? He's from Long Island. <laughs> no, he was from Long Island, Ralph Macchio. Oh, Ralph what? Macchio. Sorry, not Danny LaRusso. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, the real Karate Kid, real Karate Kid. You know, yeah, you'd see him in a bar. You don't want to mess with him because you have that vision of him doing the crane on you. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, Danny LaRusso. Look, I mean, I know the characters down to a T. Henry so Henry's Wayne. rocking it out with you, and that's a cool thing for you to have experienced with him, right? Yeah, and you know what? That saved me. You know, that kid asked me if I wanted to do Taekwondo with him. It was right when we moved back here. I was probably borderline depressed, not realizing I was going to move back to where I grew up in the state and not have my mom. And he asked me that. And that changed my life. I was just going to go just for a little bit. It would be great to get like a white belt, break a few boards, all that kind of thing. But my words for that year were breakthrough and process. And I, and I wasn't achieving them at all. And I didn't have a breakthrough until I put my fist through four boards. And at that moment was when I was like, hey, kid, I think mommy wants to do this. Like, do you think you want to get your black belt with me? He was like, mommy, you're not going to do it. And I was like, I am. I'm telling you today, we're getting our black belts together. That's, That's awesome. a promise. That's all. Awesome. Yeah, we tested together. It was awesome. And so what town are you living in now? I live in Alexandra. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm literally like barely like almost 10 minutes from DC. So I'm right off of 395. So I'm super close. That's awesome. Which has been great. Okay, cool. So did you get back to UVA at all since you're so close? Uh, since I moved back, um, we've had, let's see, I did go to U- back down to UVA. I went down to do some wine tasting that I never done. I love Mickey's Tavern. So I can always go for a good fried chicken. Um, I have done silhouettes reunions. Um, I've gone to see some friends, but I haven't been down recently, but I'm hoping so. I have a good friend imp whose son got accepted to UVA to play baseball. Ooh. Jill Havlicek. Oh, I was on so the phone hoping... with Chris last night. That's so there funny. Go, yeah. Chris. Um, so I'm hoping that I'll, I'll get to potentially see him play some baseball when he gets down there. That's awesome. So. Jill's a rock star. Jill. Yeah, she is. is. You call me, you've got to be on this too. You, I'm going to have to send gonna... her a text and be like, come on girl. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so when you were at Virginia, you drinking tuna on the marches. Uh, any I did tuna, do tuna. Yeah. Any tuna drinking since then? No, no, I'm just not a grain fan. Really? Like I'm just, now, if I were to come back and hang out with Imps and we had a big reunion and a big whatever for the weekend, I'd be down and enjoying myself. Uh, but my drink of taste is a gin and tonic, Ooh, you know, some too. kind of citrusy drink. I'm not a beer girl. Wine, yes. Champagne, yes. And I know you like the uh, the salad, the Biltmore salad at the Biltmore. How, did you ever venture over to Bodo's? How's your Bodo's order looking? So I'm kind of boring, you know. Um, I am. So I went to Bodo's on Chonka because I judge pageants once in a while down in the Charlottesville area as well. So I find myself down there and I'll go to Bodo's. I'm a simple gal. So I either like an everything bagel with egg and bacon or egg and sausage. So I'm an egg and meat kind of lady. Uh, yes, I do like the pork. I know. Um, or I do a plain bagel with that. Now, ever so often, I like a plain bagel with strawberry cream cheese once in a while. Hmm. Okay. So I'm not trying to pile on Ted Jeffries for my- I loved his great- I loved, He had great jelly? 
No. No, no, not grape jelly, but he had the most disgusting voters order in the history. I can't even say. I it. thought it was good. It was the turkey. He did um say Don't it. say it. it. Don't say it because the FCC is banned I us love telling it. that. It's I'll awful. eat it. Yeah. And so Ted, if you're listening, I just want you to see how things have changed, but they haven't really changed that much because the good looking women I'm still bonding with because Nick has the same order that I had. And you were making fun of my plain Jane order, Ted. And now Nick is just said that she likes the same thing, but okay. Um, you know, however, however, I do want to say this in defense to Ted. I would totally get his order. Okay, that's just a suck up because he's such a. No, I, I responded and I realized my response never went through, but okay. I did respond saying like, "What's with a little bit of you know turkey, turkey?" Okay, turkey. that's just like that's a little idol worship of Ted Jeffrey. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna leave that. I one. don't idol athletes. You know what? Don't I'm just gonna I'm gonna edit that part <laughs> out because I'm not giving Ted that type of. I'm not giving him that. So now, okay, you're starting a new job next week. You're hanging out in Alexandria, Virginia. You're a karate woman with uh, Ralph Macchio. Right, Taekwondo. I can't even say that. That's Korean, like, Korean yeah. martial arts. Yes. Okay, okay. Is that no? That's good. I, I wish we had more time. I delve into that a little bit. So, any words of wisdom you'd like to send out to Imp Nation before we let you go on with your day? You know, um, I know that everyone's you know, in, in a place where they are right now, there's a lot going on the last three years. There's a lot going on for even longer than that. Um, but most people know me as I've gotten older and the things that I like to say is just keep it moving. Meaning I know that things are tough, but if you can just keep yourself moving, you'll get to a better day. So keep yeah. it moving. That's perfect. Especially where we are in the world right now, we need to keep it moving. Imp Nation, we just kept it moving with Nick Jones. Nicole, it's great to hang with you. It was nice seeing you too. By the way, I love the salt and pepper look. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You see, and we're going to end on that. Nick, you're the best. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. I had so much fun. You were so patient when we had to cancel the last one. And Imp Nation, we're rocking it out. We're in 2022. We're going to get a bunch of these episodes done. You have any recommendations for me besides saying I think we need to get a new host? Um, then I would love to uh, entertain them. Anyone who wants to be on, just go and volunteer too. Don't make me have to track you down for these things. Everyone loves them. Nick, this is going to be—I uh, know you've got uh, a huge fan group out there within the end. So this is going to be—I uh, don't know who they would be, but thank you know, you. yeah, your phone <laughs> is going to your phone is going to ring off the hook after this one for sure, for sure. If Nation, you're the best. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Nick, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay. Stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be. So I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's total sense. C E N T S as in money available anywhere you get your podcasts.